Brothers Podcast. I am Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle. Kyle, how's it going? I'm great. I'm great. What's up? Not much. I got to play basketball indoors for the first time. Honestly, I think now thinking about it in about a year, and it was one of the most amazing things I've been able to do in a while. Yeah, always good to switch it up, you know, especially been playing outdoors for a while. Get back in the gym. It's always cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that there was a gym right down the road. It's like a $5 for like the day. So I'm able to just kind of go in there and shoot. I'm going to be doing that way more now that I know that it's there. But otherwise, everything's going well. That's what's up. That's what's up. So I'm going to jump right into it. How did you feel about Steve Nash getting fired? Uh, I mean, it kind of felt inevitable. Brooklyn is a uh, Brooklyn's a circus. Brooklyn is a circus. It's been a circus. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been that way since really last year. I mean, you know, Kyrie with the whole vaccine thing, leading into what? Then Harden gets traded, leading into KD requesting a trade requesting Nash and the GM be fired. Mm-hmm. It's just been a shit show. I mean, really, honestly, since KD got there, like, it's been not normal, but um, I don't know. And then now they're going to bring in Ime Odoka, most likely, like, just adding fire to fire, really, or we want to, you know, adding elephants to clowns, if we want to say that, if we want to keep the circus theme. Like, it's just a, a bunch of shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, that's without... That's without even mentioning who they got in the trade for Harden last year with Ben Simmons. Like, they just got as much of a distraction from all ends of their team as possible, really. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, between Simmons, between Katie and Kyrie, you got Kyrie with the whole anti-Semitic comments over the weekend. Yeah, that, that's been – that Kyrie just can't seem to find his way out of saying something controversial and – yeah, and, and let me uh, let me rephrase that. Not necessarily anti-Semitic comments, but promoting anti-Semitic content, and then not really backing down or apologizing for it. And then today he holds a press conference where he again <laughs> does not necessarily apologize. He addresses that he's, you know, he doesn't want to hurt anybody, but didn't really apologize for what the video apparently represented. And Adam but, uh, Silver said that he was disappointed today. I don't know if you saw that. I did see something about that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one thing literally after another with the Nets. Uh, Ime is obviously a great coach, really good coach, but he's going to come in and have to answer questions. He probably wouldn't have had to answer until a year down the road when, you know, the Celtics probably would have officially let him go or whatever happened. Yeah. Uh, and now you're just getting that in the middle of all the Kyrie stuff, in the middle of the Nets starting off, you know, not the way they wanted, in the middle of Ben Simmons still being afraid to shoot. So it's just a lot. Like, I mean, I guess one way you could look at it, if you're a Nets fan, is, you know, you're going through the whole storm early and you can kind of only go up. But, I mean, distractions just aren't good in sports, you know, at any level or any workplace, distractions aren't good. So not the best workplace culture for sure. But uh absolutely not. I, I mean know. we've seen how we obviously we've seen how Tom Brady's been affected this year by his distractions and obviously they're completely different than what the Nets are, but just talking about distraction, he's not been himself with the little things like 
his commitment, his uh, attendance, like things like that. You can tell that uh, things that are going on in his personal life are bothering him on the net. So it's, it's shocked me a little bit, but didn't shock me because I figured Nash at some point was going to get fired. They were just, I felt like if it was going to be this early, why didn't we do it before the season? Yeah, exactly. To, like, if you're going to fire someone seven games in, I don't care if they're start two and five, one and six, three and four. Like, if you're going to fire somebody seven games in, then why aren't we doing that before the season starts? Like, I just feel like that adds even more uncertainty than needed. Also, something that I was listening to and that I brought that actually reminded me. The Nets pretty much traded Jared Allen, Karis LeVert in five first-round picks for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry in a pick. Yeah, more or less. Because they traded Harden. They traded that straight up for Harden, and then they traded Harden pretty much straight up for that. So, like, essentially they traded Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and five picks for... Ben Simmons and Seth Curry, a Ben Simmons who, when healthy and when mentally correct, is actually a very good player. But right now, no idea who that is. And obviously, Seth Curry, a good role-playing shooter because he's just a solid player. But the the Nets, since they've gotten KD and Kyrie, if you had to say, hey, what's the worst thing that could happen to this organization? This might be the worst way. They've got one playoff series win. They got swept out of the playoffs last year. Their superstar doesn't want their GM there. Another superstar doesn't want to be on the court half the time. They traded another one. It's been just an entire mess in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's been a joke. The it Knicks really have been. been less of a joke somehow. I, I don't know Honestly. how that happens. Like the The New York Knicks have been less, with James Dolan, have been less of a less of a headache and less of a joke than the Brooklyn Nets have been over the last two years. Yeah, honestly, I would say across the whole, the whole timeline. I mean, they had, they started with Kenny Atkinson. Mm-hmm. Seems like Durant and Kyrie got him fired. I mean, I would guess so. I mean, you know, cause he did a good job the year before he was there. He was doing a good job while he was coaching them or at least coaching Kyrie that first year, I believe. I mean, it's kind of fuzzy. And then yeah, I believe he was. that team was because that team was a sneaky seventh seed and they were missing. A, I think they were missing. I think Spencer Dinwiddie might've got injured that year or someone had gotten injured that year, but it was like Dinwiddie, Levert, Jared Allen, Kyrie. Like they had an actual like good team. So like you were thinking, Oh, we'll add a couple, add like a superstar there and maybe you have everything you need, but guess not. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> their team, their team was almost, I mean, they were doing good with Harden, obviously. And then, you know, we we know what happened with the Bucks. It was a close game, game seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie's foot's on the line. And then, you know, the Bucks kind of pull away with it. But, I mean, before the Harden trade, that's a very well-rounded team. They could have absolutely competed with that team alone around Katie and Kyrie. Yeah. Then they trade a lot of their depth for Harden. And mm-hmm. it really did look like it was going to work out. Like like I said, they they lose in seven to Milwaukee. And then we know what happens last year. Arden comes in out of shape. Kyrie doesn't even play 80% of the season, 75% of the season. And uh, and KD's just been 
Moody the whole time. You know what I mean? Katie's play has been a phenomenal pretty much everything but the play but the Boston playoff series. But otherwise, Katie's play has been great. His demeanor hasn't been so much, but the one thing you can consistently count on over this is when Katie's on the court, his play is gonna be great. So one thing that's been a constant. With Kyrie, I guess, but even then he's so much not on the court that like you can't even guarantee it. Well, he's yeah, over it, the last couple of years. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's basically just been a shit show. Um, you know, they obviously got off to a slow start. You got a few good teams that are off to slow starts. It's a really competitive league currently. A lot of parity in the league right now. Yeah. Uh, weird start to the year. Weird in the fact that like a lot of these games feel just more competitive. Like mm-hmm. usually you get that for the first two weeks anyway. But now I don't know. It just has a different feel to it. I guess, you know, like it feels like it's going to carry over. Like it feels like teams like the Nets in Philly who lost Harden now today for a month. Yeah, uh, that's definitely going to hurt. Teams who had playoff aspirations, uh, you know, they might need to maybe make trades earlier or something like that. You do, know what I mean? Like, do you think there's, there's any stuff. chance that KD gets traded? No, there's no chance KD's getting traded. Um, and I think the only reason he really wanted to be traded anyway was this whole Nash thing. Whatever whatever his beef was with Nash, uh, which, you know, we'll never really know. It doesn't seem like there was much there other than he just lost trust in Nash. I think that was really it. Uh, I mean, because KD's the one, KD and Kyrie were the ones who wanted to be in New York, whether it was the Knicks or the Brooklyn Nets. So, I mean, and I think because it looked like Kyrie was getting traded, Earlier in the summer, maybe that was it too. But no, I don't. There's no chance KD's getting traded, and they would probably love to trade Kyrie. But I mean, Kyrie's not going to have any trade value, so I don't know. They're all kind of stuck, and uh, they got a decent team. They still got pieces coming back, but I mean, their main problem is they can't play defense. So and that's they got to figure problem. that out. That's been their anything. problem since day one is they just haven't been able to guard anybody. I, yeah, they never seem to have the personnel for it. And the thing that I wanted them to do. When And I remember we had a podcast right after this, and I said this then, and obviously we didn't know how it was fully going to play out, but I thought they should have just traded Kyrie to Houston for James Harden. Pretty much like like a star, and then maybe add, so you could keep at least Jared Allen. I know Nick Claxton's been playing pretty solid this year, but to keep more of your depth, plus get James Harden, who will work better with Kevin Durant, and then roll with that. I felt that yeah. was going to be their best move. I said, I was, we talked about it at the time, and I didn't. I, I didn't mean, that was never, yeah. never going to happen because Katie and Kyrie, I mean, that was kind of the package deal the whole time. Yeah. And, uh, and then Jared Allen, they just threw him in the trade. I don't know why they included him in the trade because they definitely did not have to, but they did. So, you know, interesting there. I don't know. They've just had a weird situation from the start. You know, they start with Katie coming in with his Achilles torn. And, uh, you know, really the highest high they've had is that Boston, that first Boston series where they had Harden healthy. And then Harden gets injured. And, uh, you know, like we said, they lose in seven to Milwaukee. And then ever since then, it's been a great series. You saw that. That was Pete Kevin Durant. That was a 49-point triple-double in game five. That was obviously 48 in game seven. Like, I'm not (laughs) sure we've ever seen a Kevin Durant better than that Kevin Durant. But yeah, I mean, that was, was that was, that was the, if that's the peak of the Brooklyn Nets, a second round game seven uh, thriller, 
That's not that's not a good peak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you Obviously, know. there's so much season left, and there's, like, things that can happen. I'm not trying to make it seem like they have zero chance at all, but, like, if that is the – if that ends up being the pinnacle for them, a second-round loss to Milwaukee, that, that's, that's, that's tough. That's real tough. Yeah, and that's the thing with, uh, like, the player movement era and attaching yourself to another player – you know, I mean, in effect, I mean, the last three years of KD, especially if this year, who knows how this year ends up, but let's say it's a first or second round exit for the Nets this year. Mm-hmm. That's a waste of the end of KD's prime. KD's not going to have many more years like this. I think he's going to age gracefully. Like, I think his shooting ability and all that, you know, he's going to age well. But, I mean, these prime years where he can just go and get you 30 and give you good defense and all of that, it's you know, it's more or less being wasted, you You'll know? Kind of so. turn it, I like, I say, as we've talked about, like you and I off of off air, he's kind of going to turn maybe into like a mini ish, like to a modern day version of Dirk. I could see a lot of post-ups, spot up threes, pick and pops. Like just obviously he has like, unlike Dirk, he has the ball and he can be, obviously he can get his own shot. But with the fact that he's so tall, you won't need to actually like. I feel like he will be off ball more, and I feel like there will be just Kevin Durant. You'll see still thirty-five point games when he needs to. He can get a one-on-one bucket, but more so just kind of off ball spot ups, post ups, and then a little dribble moves. Not like the way he is now playing like a guard. Yeah, simplified game. Simplified yes, game. Definitely for sure. Um, but yeah, no, the Nets they're dramatic. They've been <laughs> they've somehow been even more dramatic. In these first two weeks. Well, I expect the Nets to be more dramatic than the Lakers. I just didn't expect it this quick. Like, it's literally been the first two and a half weeks of the season. And it's... Their coach is fired. They're the story. And we knew he was going to be the first one to go, especially, you know, if it started slow. But then for them to double down and say, okay, we're going to go get Ime Adoka, who was, you know, one of the more dramatic stories of the last month or two, month and a half. Definitely. This, I think this story dropped. So, you know, we all thought we weren't going to see him for a year, and then that's their plan to hire. I mean, how's that not a distraction? I think eventually that doesn't become a distraction, but so, they keep losing. So does he, is, like, so if they hire him, does he just come back? Yeah, I believe so. Because okay. it was a Cause Celtics, it's a Celtics Okay, because it's the Celtics, so he just comes back? Okay. That's yep. something I was worried about, wondering. And also, we haven't heard the Udoka story. Like, we don't know exactly what went on. So, like, yeah, in, Nets, mean, in so... Nets fashion, like, if this, the story really leaks and then the NBA gets involved with it and, say, the NBA suspends him for a certain amount of time, depending on what happened, because no one has any idea because no one's really said much, <laughs> that would be a Nets fashion to hire a coach for him then to just get suspended by the league. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be some sort of possibility. I know the people who said they had heard it, like Matt Barnes and you know a few other NBA reporters said they would be surprised if he may ever coached again. And here he is, like you said, you know, coaching the Nets, looks like. Um, and, yeah, who knows if the story ever will come out. I would suspect some details will come out, especially around the time he gets officially hired. You would which assume. Was to, which was supposed to be today. But, I mean, it, again, it was a legal matter. Who knows if 
the legality of it has been finished yet. So who knows? Who really knows? We'll find out soon. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I ju- I'm just curious to know like what it, like what happens. Like what if something happens? I don't I don't know. The nets are a mess. <laughs> They're just a mess. To say the least. To say the least. And uh yeah, I don't know. Two weeks. I mean, this is the NBA. We're talking about the Brooklyn Nets, but the NBA in general pretty dramatic i mean you know josh primo he got released by the spurs looked like there was some sexual misconduct there some lashing allegations um and then there's even more allegations come out today against the spurs themselves that was wild to me seeing Um, that what's up i said that was wild to me seeing that story because that that came out of nowhere i came out of left field and i was not expecting to see a story like that that was wild to me yeah, you never see a uh, first round pick from from a year ago getting waived. But yeah, uh no, that definitely crazy. On the rookie contract. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a lot of craziness in the NBA, a lot of drama. Always is. As expected. It's only week two, right? Week three now. <laughs> Sorry, week three. week three. Teams have played seven to eight games. And <laughs> it's already all of this. It's crazy. And it's only gonna continue. We still haven't I mean, the Lakers' vibes actually seem to be pretty good right now. Like, Russ has accepted being off the bench, so maybe things will be pretty quiet in L.A. for a while, but Brooklyn is going to be all year. Oh, of course. And, uh, you know, teams like the Warriors. Warriors have not got off to a good start. Uh, the Clippers, they got Kawhi drama already. Kawhi's already just missing games for injury. So, like, who knows? Like, this... He's got to have the worst... Like, I'm not sure there's been a body that's, like, worse than his. Like, what... What? I don't know. I mean, there has been. I mean, Grant Grant Hill would be up there too, but uh, at least he tried to play. I I guess. Yeah, I I just don't know. That's the thing. We don't know. Like the the only sure thing we have right now in this league, in my opinion, is Giannis. And Luca, you know what I mean? And Luca, but I mean, as far as like a a true contender right now, probably Giannis and the Bucks, and then I'd throw probably the Celtics in there. Celtics are good. Oh, okay. You um, mean you mean team wise? Like I was, just, I thought yeah. you just meant players. And yeah, like, Luca. Luca in general is a player. Yeah, we can count on him to be healthy and like, putting up stats. The stats are ridiculous right now. I've yeah, thirty. Yeah, no, Luca's been on another planet. Giannis has been quietly on another planet because he's gotten the LeBron treatment now, where we just don't talk about him. Like when he's just putting up these ridiculous stat lines, we expect it, so we just don't talk about him anymore. But he's been I ridiculous. Like, too. I feel like I've heard quite a bit about Giannis. I mean, there's still. I haven't I've really been, heard too much about Giannis, honestly. I, be, I believe they're the only undefeated team left in the league. So, yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've seen Giannis get his due. I mean, I've just, I've really just seen a lot of. I mean, again, I don't really be watching TV. The only time I'm really watching. NBA coverage is like halftime of these TNT and ESPN games, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'd say I've seen Giannis get his due or, you know, when they cut to his highlights here and there, this and that. He's averaging um, 33, 13, and 5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all these stats right now are crazy and yeah. still. I wonder when they're going to go down, mm-hmm. but uh, no, I mean, a lot of these stars are killing yeah. it. Like, uh, and like Steph, Cle- Steph's averaging 38 and 7 right now. And just obviously they haven't been winning, so that's more of the story there. But he's been playing great. Jaw's been doing whatever he wants to. Shai Gilgis is playing phenomenal too. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how the Western Conference plays out, specifically the West, just because I mean, really, both conferences, 
But there's just so much parity right now. Everyone's kind of similar to the NFL. So many four and five teams, three and five. There's nobody. The only team that has a bad record right now, if you want to say that, you can't even really say that because it's so early. But like the Pistons are two and seven. Okay, that's not surprising. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of these teams that are either good to pretty good have just mid-tier records or slightly above 500. You get the Spurs at five and three. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wolves four and four. Just looking at these right now, Suns six and one. Suns are like Suns have been surprising to me. Suns, yeah, they're they're, doing the, op- they're cool. the exact opposite of what I was expecting. Same, they've responded well. But uh, and then you get the Jazz at six and three. I'm really wondering when the tanking will kick in. Like maybe the Jazz and maybe the Spurs Christmas. won't stay there. You they, would think they can't. <laughs> like like you would think like they can't stay there. Lori Markkinen has been. A man possessed. Like he looks like he's back at Arizona again because he's been playing great. I don't know if you've seen like his stat lines and things. Like he's, Laurie Markin has been playing very, very good basketball to start this season. I remember you like loved him coming out of college. He's yeah. turned into, he's turned into, I mean, we talked about mainstream underground players that we like. He's turned into one of my more favorite underground players I've, because I've been big on, I've, I've been big on Laurie at the 22 and nine right now. I, I wish he got into. I wish he would have gotten into a better situation, kind of to start, like where he could have flourished a little bit more. But he's playing. He he's not afraid to go catch a body too. Well, that's why I like him. It's not even his style of play or his numbers or that he can shoot. By the way, I think he was in a pretty good situation in Chicago. I just think he wasn't. I don't think he was ever the star he was supposed to be. You know what I mean? I don't think he was that good that early. Uh, he was, but he was. That's my favorite part up. about him is. He has two or three dunks a year that are like as nasty as anybody. Yeah, no, like, he is not afraid to catch go catch. A body. A, he's not afraid to go catch a body. He, he's also five or ten days younger than me. That's just a random fun fact. I'm looking at his. I'm looking at their depth chart right now. There you go. Random but, fun uh, fact. Yeah. A lot of parity in the NBA. A lot of parity in the NFL. Could not tell you the only like. The only short thing I could tell you right now just by these first seven, eight games is, oh, it looks like Milwaukee is going to be in the finals, right? Like, you can't make any assumptions off any of these teams, but Milwaukee really does look like the only short thing. Yeah, Milwaukee looks looks very good, and then Cleveland looks like they're gelling. Yeah, Cleveland looks great. In the east. Donovan Mitchell looks great. Oh, yeah, he does. He looks very good. And then in the west, it would be the Suns are – not doing what you expected other than that like i don't think yeah. anything any what the west looks like right now i don't see it obviously i don't see it staying like that at all the warriors yeah. being out of the play in even like that's not gonna stay yeah the warriors definitely got some kings to work out uh, sure. i really like how the grizzlies look grizzly yeah. look great jaw looks amazing um <laughs> looks so the grizzlies hungry. will definitely be there uh yeah i can't wait i can't wait to see what develops the season uh, same thing in the NFL. Like we just got so much parity in the NFL. You want to hop right into that? You want yeah, to get into no, right there. Um, like in the NFL again, the only sure things right now are the Chiefs, are the Eagles, and the Bills. It's about that. <laughs> Nothing else is a sure thing. I mean, the Cowboys, I could say, kind of are just because of their identity, but there's so everything so ever changing in the NFL too, to where. I just <laughs> the NFL. I love it. I love it because you never know what's going to happen. Even like when the playoffs come around, what you expect. Like no one thought the Bengals last year were getting to the championship, but 
They did. So I the NFL, I love it just because it's everything you don't expect typically happens. Yeah, I think we're at the exact midway point right now. Yep. Uh, Thursday night of week nine. Yep. Uh, things are starting to take shape. We're starting to really understand who teams are. We just had the trade deadline where a lot of key players were moved, a lot of surprising moves. I liked a lot of the moves from from some contenders. I liked the Ravens got Roquan. Obviously, we knew the uh, 49ers got Christian McCaffrey. That's already going to look like it's going to pan out great. The Dolphins got Bradley Chubb. I think that that's an added piece that I was I'm scared of as a Patriots fan, getting another pass rusher like that on their on their roster to where their offense is already pretty explosive. Yeah, yeah, Dolphins are definitely going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and good for them because they should, and especially in a year like this, to where obviously the Chiefs and the Bills feel like the class of the AFC. They have beat the Bills already this year, and they have the firepower to go back and forth with the Chiefs offensively. While with work, with two on a rookie deal, these are the times where you try to go win now. So, yeah, awesome. I mean, I have, I still have a lot of questions about Miami. I think, I think outside of this past week against Detroit, and what was it that Ravens game where they really went off? Mm-hmm. Their offense hasn't really put up that many points aside from those two games and Detroit anybody can put points up on right now so I'm really interested to see how their second half goes again with this addition of Bradley Chubb too their defense gets a little more explosive uh you know Tua he's another hit away from being out several weeks again you know what's stopping him from getting a third concussion but they do have the ability to put up points but I'm really interested to see if it becomes consistent yeah. like we've seen, like we've seen with the Chiefs and the Bills they're five and they're five and three right now. They could possibly get to eight and three. I think at worst seven and four. They play the Bears this week, the Browns next week, and then the Texans. So we'll still we still won't even get a great read on them. But their last six games, they play the 49ers, Chargers, Bills, Packers, Patriots, uh, Jets. Mm. We'll know everything we need to know about the Miami team with them heading into the playoffs. If they're in the playoffs or they're out of the playoffs. How that went because that's a, that's a very tough six game stretch. Yeah, we'll certainly know in the second half. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely figure I, out who they are for sure. Most definitely. I mean, they got they definitely got a good team. They definitely got a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Just a matter of if they beat the teams they quote unquote should. Like the Bears, I think this is weirdly a competitive game. I feel like the the Bears are starting to figure out their offense a little more. Especially after that Patriots game, Justin Fields um, is Justin Fields is starting to take shape. He's really, he's odd. If you look at like his stats compared to Josh Allen, they're very similar for their first two years. So yeah, and not that he's yeah, going to be Josh Allen, but like they're very similar for the first two years of their career. So he's starting yeah. to take shape, and if Justin Fields can continue to get there, maybe they get him another weapon other than the Chase Claypool that they got at the deadline. He could do some things next year. Yeah, Claypool definitely helps. Yeah, uh, yeah if they, as long as they, I would, I mean, if it was me, not that I know shit about shit, but if it was me, I'd run the hell out of fields in smart situations, you know, similar to like how the Ravens treated Lamar early on. Yeah. And, uh, and just do deep shots with him. He's not a good intermediate passer. He's not an accurate passer at all. So, you know, try to keep it simple. Try to go run heavy. And then have him take shots because he can throw the ball deep. It's everything else that he can't complete as far as a passer, but he can 
throw the ball down the field. So, you know, we'll see. They're going to, I don't think they're going to be an easy out by any means. Uh, again, Claypool helps. So, I mean, they're going to, especially in these divisional games where they got with the Packers, they got one more against the Vikings. They'll probably try to play spoiler here quite a bit, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. We'll see. They're a competitive team. Their coach seems to coach them well. They seem to respond to them well. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I would say they're moving forward. Not to, The future isn't, like, bright, bright, but they do have they have some sort of direction if they can get this offseason right. They've got a bunch of cap. They need to not do what the Jags do every, like, few years and just spend a bunch of too much money on mid-level defensive players. They need to go get linemen. They need to go get a couple weapons for field. If they if they play it right, they could have their quarterback. I really like the, the Jazz future. roster, though. No, um, um, this iteration of the Jazz, I do like the Jags. For a long period of time, seem to have they would get in this hole where they would sign a bunch of just they would sign a bunch of mid level players for a lot of high money. They would do well for a couple of years and then be put in tough cap spots. They're not their roster isn't fully that right now. They do have some younger pieces. They have the Jags I don't mind right now. The Jags have a nice roster. They just need to get it together. I was just saying Yeah, the, yeah they're they're just in a they're in a weird spot. They just need to get it together. They have a couple pieces obviously they need to get, but they just need to get it together. Yeah, their quarterback's got to get it together. We'll see. I mean, yeah, Trev, Trevor Lawrence, give him the rest of the year. But you know, midway through next year, if it's still going like this, I want to say bus talk, but definitely not number one overall. Uh, you, you could start to say he's is to say he's done. Obviously, he's done better this year than he did last year. So there is progression there. Good, but. When you're talking, it's different when you're a number one pick, like even Baker. People were talking about Baker like, yeah, that's a franchise quarterback. Cool. That's what you talk about with most number one picks, especially when they're quarterbacks. They were talking about this guy as if he was a Hall of Famer. Like, you can't... Like, when you compare yourself to Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck for the best prospects coming out of the draft since a Hall, one Hall of Famer and one could have been a Hall of Famer if he would have played a longer career... You've got to, <laughs> this can't be how your career starts. Like, obviously, you can get some slips and some bumps, but, like, look at what Burrow's done as the number one overall pick and then, like, just see kind of, like, his trajectory, too, because it's not like he was in a great situation either in um, Cincinnati. He's still not in a great situation offensive line-wise in Cincinnati either, and he's still playing well. All right, Keenan, before we get to picks, let me ask you, and you've kind of already answered it, but give me... Give me your contender tier in the AFC and NFC. Okay, so team contender for playoffs or contender for a Super Bowl? I mean, I think contenders only for Super Bowls, right? Well, I mean, I mean, sometimes people talk about like playoff contender, like who do you think can make the playoffs, especially with how much parity there is in the league. So some people say that. I was just making sure. Um, yeah, I've only heard contenders as far as titles. So yeah, title Super Bowl contender. Okay. Um, in the AFC, it would be the Bills, it would be the Chiefs, it would be the Ravens. Any sleepers? The sleepers would be the Dolphins and the Bengals. Would be Dolphins, like, really? The Bengals? I'm kind of out on the Bengals after after last week. They've 
that was kind of a they didn't even show up they i would say them it's tough because they've struggled the thing that they struggle with the most is obviously they struggle against very good pass rushers like singing individual pass rushers like tj watt miles michael parsons miles garrett have killed them this year obviously those are like three of your best pass rushers in the league but um they've always struggled with the browns that division right game, they've always struggled with for some reason. I don't know why Kevin Stefanski's always done well with them. So I'm not really struggles one struggles one thing, but they didn't even show up to play. We'll see moving forward, definitely. Um, but they're on the they would be on my sleepers: the Dolphins, the Bengals, and then I. I I'm gonna just throw them as like a faraway sleeper. I will put the Titans there only because they know exactly who they are. Interesting. I don't. I'm not confident. That, I know I was not. All the way I was too, not right? confident in them at all. I did not think they were making the playoffs. I thought the Colts were gonna be better than they are. So I did not have them making the playoffs at all. But it sucks. Because their quarterback play is gonna probably hinder them. But the thing is, they know exactly who they are. They're coached well, so they're a team that you can't sleep on because they do play good football. They're just not that talent. They're just not greatly talented. So Titans fringe contender. Titans are fringe fringe contender. I put the Bengals. Bengals I, and Ravens sleeper or Bengals sleeper. I put I put the Ravens Ravens Bills and Chiefs are in the bubble. I'd have like the Chiefs and the. Bang, uh, the Bills would be right directly in it. The Ravens would be a little bit on the outside, and the, but they're still in that contender. And then the Bengals and Dolphins would be sleepers with the Titans far away. That would be my AFC. And the NFC. I'll give you. Go on. Sorry, you go on. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to give my AFC real quick. Oh no, you're good. You're good. I would still have Chiefs and Bills in a class by themselves. Mm-hmm. Same. I would throw the Ravens up there too, but they just haven't been the most consistent yet. So yeah, you're kind of they don't seem on that, that one. They don't seem to have an identity. They don't have they don't have like their true identity yet. Like yeah. are they like what are they? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's about it. Otherwise, I think I think they'd be the one and I would pit, say the Bengals would be in this category too if they would have at least shown up for the Browns game, you know? Cuz divisional games are never a game, especially Cincinnati Cleveland, the Ohio rivalry, sure, but they didn't even show up and you can't blame that on Jamar Chase. You know what I mean? No, it's so, not that's not only a Jamar Chase problem for sure. That was there was more than just Jamar Chase for that one. But I could definitely see, like I was thinking about it earlier today, like I could definitely see a ball control game where the Ravens I mean, shit, the Ravens had a three-point loss to the Bills, right? Yeah. Uh, I could definitely see the Ravens beating either one of them if things go well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things would have to go perfectly. You'd you'd pick the Bills or the Chiefs, but the Ravens could absolutely beat one of them, mm-hmm. you know, in a given day in January. Uh, and then, yeah, Ravens in a tier below. And then I guess I would throw the Bengals in as a sleeper, even though I just said I was off them. But, I mean, they're probably the most the next most talented team. I mean, really, as far as talent, they're right up there with the Chiefs and Bills. But, yeah, you know, you can't really count them out because they were in the Super Bowl last year. But So I put the Bengals in a class below of the Ravens. That's how I am right now. If the Raiders could have done anything at all, maybe I'd even have them in there. But, you know, they 
they don't want to seem to show up. They got shut out by the Saints last week. I mean, we'll kind of get to all these teams as we talk about our picks. But, yeah, Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, and then notch below that, we'll throw the Bengals in there. But they're they're about to be kicked off that bus, if we want to call it that. Go ahead with your NFC. Contenders would be the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the 49ers, even though the 49ers I know are 4-4. Four and four. But those would be the three contenders for me right now. I think the the 49ers were a little bit banged up for a while. Once they get healthy, there's it's hard to point out a more talented roster in the entire league. Uh, oh, also, Eagles getting, we I think we mentioned it before, but them getting Robert Quinn's going to be big for them too. Another pass rusher to rotate on that line. Those would, be, sure. those would be my three like true, true contenders right now. The next step down, I would have the Vikings. Okay. And I would have the next step down to be the Vikings. I just think, and I guess, I know I can't. I'm not putting them there. I'm not putting the Giants there. I don't fully believe in them. Um, yeah, the next step down, I'd have to be the Vikings. And then after that, oh, I think that would probably be it. Like, I think the Bucks have the capabilities of it, and the Bucks are in a weird position to where I, cause I think they, Atlanta's making it frisky for them for sure, but I think in the end, the Bucks will be able to make the playoffs, which means they'll get a home playoff game, and they might get, like, the Giants going to them. And then, so, it, like, they could be in a position to where their playoff seating and how things line up could make them definitely in, but as of right now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put them there. Let me see. I'll have to watch them against the Rams to see if this mini bye week and Tom actually admitting, not admitting, but like publicizing the f- official divorce, maybe that gets off his back a little bit of a little less stress because it's out there. People can say whatever. I mean, people have been saying whatever they've wanted to say, but now it's official, official because he said something on it. We'll see how their season changes going forward, but. I would probably have the Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers in the bubble, and then the Vikings on the outside of the bubble with, like, the Buccaneers and probably the Giants looking down, uh, looking up at them, like, way down. <laughs> Interesting. So you still think the Bucks are better than the, the Giants? Because um, if you told the, me any team come, coming out of that NFC South as far as divisional winner, Saints... Panthers now, Falcons or Bucks—they're so lumped together. I could—you could tell me any team, and I believe it. As far as the division winner, yeah. See, um, the Panthers—I couldn't, but the Falcon. Really, for me, it'd be the Falcons or Bucks because I don't. The Saints are weird to me, but also again, they can't say much. I mean, they're three and five too, as the Bucks are. So, it. You're right. The, I just think the Bucks have the most potential out of all the teams that are not in. The like in the playoff hunt right now, like the Packers could possibly be there too because the second half of the Packers against the Bills, they actually started to find something. They realized, oh hey, Aaron Jones is a pretty solid player. Let me fully use him, and maybe we can win something. They're just in a sucky spot because they have the Vikings ahead of them, so they can't they can't win the division. And the Giants are almost penciled in. The Giants and Cowboys are pretty much penciled in for wild cards. So then you have the 5-3 and three Seahawks are going to be in play. Maybe the Rams, depending on how things go. 
the Falcons or the Bucks, depending if they can stay there. So it's just going to be hard to compete for that seventh playoff spot for them. So they're in a less, uh, they're in a less lesser spot than the uh, Bucks are per se, even though they're both three and five and teams that last year we thought could win it all. Yeah, I definitely have the Packers in a wild card position before the Rams. The Rams look DOA. Oh no, yeah, no, I de- I definitely would have them before the Rams, but I'm just saying they're still. Definitely before the Rams. I'm just saying that Seahawks, the Seahawks make are making things interesting, and the Falcons could possibly make it interesting. But they, the Packers, still have the ability to get that seventh seed, for sure. I'm not trying to call them so they cannot make the playoffs, but I think they're they're in that seventh seed bubble because I don't think the Giants are going to fall off. I think they're going to get to ten wins, and the Cowboys are going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I'd agree with you as far as the. Uh the top tier being obviously the two AFC or NFC East teams, Eagles, Cowboys, and then the Niners, pretty much the same as my week four. I was ready to have the Niners in the notch below where I had the Ravens, especially after the Chiefs game because they were fully healthy that game and the Chiefs ran it up on them on the road. Uh, but, I mean, they had an impressive showing this past game. So, I, you know, I kind of got to have the 49ers back up there. Like you said, they're kind of dripping with talent, with McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, uh, you know, a lot of great left tackle and Trent Williams. They've obviously got Nick Bosa. They've got Fred Warner. They've got, they've, they got talent all over the board, both sides. It really comes down to how much do you believe in Jimmy? Right. Right. Those are, so those are my top three. Those are my absolute contenders right there would be my top three. Yeah. Uh, and then my sleepers probably would be the giants because I think they're more well coached then let's like if we want to say like the Bucks and Rams, I think they're certainly more well coached than both of those teams mm-hmm. right now. Actually, I won't say that with McVay because that's not fair to him. I think the roster is not good with the Rams. McVay's yeah. obviously a great coach; he's an elite coach. Uh, but the Bucks certainly. Dable's done a great job for the Giants. I really have taken a liking to this Giants team. Uh, I don't see them. I see them ugling a game up against one of these top teams on the road and being able to be in that three point zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I could see upset out of them and somehow getting deep in the playoffs. Uh, Cause they really have no business being in here. Uh, I would have the Vikings there, but you just never really know. I think we just got to see a few more games of the Vikings, which is kind of unfair to them at six and one, but Kirk cousins <laughs> is like Kirk cousins is, I don't want to call him the James Harden of the NFL. Cause that's not fair because you know, cousins hasn't had that much, success the way Harden has as far as MVPs, as far as getting deep in the playoffs. But Kirk Cousins is the definition of when the lights get bright, uh he dims. You know what I mean? He gets dark. You know? He's so I mean Kurt, he's kind of the James Harden of the Kind he, of. In a way he is. He's, in he, a way he is. And the only thing with James Harden is James Harden's had more success. Yeah. Like, it would like, be like, like, this, like individual success. If Harden It'd be like that if Harden played every single national TV game or every single like Warriors game when he was on the Rockets. If he underperformed, like even in the regular season, yeah. But that's Cousins. If it's playoff time, he's going to underperform. Uh, if it's a big, I mean, we've seen he's the worst Monday night quarterback of all time. If it's a mm-hmm. Sunday night game, he's going to lose. And if he's what down three or four, you need a touchdown. With two minutes left, no matter how well he's played, he's just, for whatever reason, not going to finish. That's just always been him. But besides that, his stats are, you know, maybe not elite elite, but besides 
the elite, he's he, as good as anybody. He is a great Sunday one o'clock slate quarterback. Yeah, he and they've really, got he's really a great one o'clock slate quarterback. Does well. They've got a super talented offense. So if you know if they can continue, I think they like being under the radar right now. I think they want to be counted out because you know as long as we're not paying attention to them. They're going to keep doing what they do kind of thing. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, you know, we're in November right now. The closer we get to Thanksgiving, they got that primetime game on Thanksgiving against the Pats, I believe, at home. So, I mean, that'll be one of the first ones where we can say, okay, this team is such and such. So they're not in my contenders yet. I guess it'd be in my sleepers underneath the Giants. I'm putting the Giants ahead of them, which seems fucking insane. Uh, and then another team I'll throw in my sleepers would be the Seahawks. They've uh, Geno's playing as good as anybody at quarterback. They've got Lockett. They've got Metcalf. Their defense is playing well. Their special teams are playing well on every facet of the ball. They are a top ten team basically. So you can't really count the Seahawks out right now, especially if they keep winning games. Uh, yeah, that's and Pete Carroll's as their coach. He's as good of a coach in the league as anybody outside of Belichick and whoever else. You know, he might even be. Number two in some people's eyes, depending on who you ask. Actually, no, Andy Reid obviously is up there. But, I mean, Pete Carroll, top five, top ten coach. You know what I mean? So, to me, the Seahawks kind of have to be there right now. They are efficient on offense. They don't turn the ball over. They score. They can go deep, which a lot of teams really are not even trying to do right now. There's not a lot of teams who are looking to push the ball downfield. The Mm -hmm. Seahawks can do that a couple times. Uh, I could absolutely... Especially if this ball keeps rolling the way it is. You know, they get to 10 wins, 9 wins even. Uh, yeah, that's a team you don't want to play in the playoffs. Especially if somehow Seattle gets a home game. Uh, that Giants game on Sunday, that sounded like a damn playoff game. And, uh, you know, I, the Seahawks end up winning by two scores. But the Giants really handled themselves well. As far You know, they didn't play well at all. But... I thought they still handled themselves well on the road in a tough spot. Yeah, and the, uh, the Seahawks, the 12th man's really coming. Like, not that it ever really left, left, but like, this feels like a true Seahawks team. They feel gritty. They feel. They, because obviously, like, the 2000, not that they're the Legion of Boom, but like the 2013, like those Seahawks teams, they just felt like a gritty team where you just, you couldn't. You couldn't ever slack against them. They wanted to take your heads off and things like that. This team kind of feels, kind of has that grit to it. And Kenneth Walker has been running like a man possessed. Yeah, exactly. Kenny Walker, he's, he's uh, you know, they got the run game. They got a pass game. They're, like I said, they're good on every facet. Geno's playing like 2012, 2013 Russ. Don't turn the ball over. Take the shots when you need it. Be good on third down. I'm chilling with him. He's playing even better than that. He's playing quarterback at a great level. He's not game managing at all. He's they're letting him drop back and sling it. You know what I mean? Like they're letting him play the position, and he's got a a clean hold of that offense right now. Um, and you said like those those early Seahawks teams, how they were kind of gritty. Yeah, they were pretty nasty, but they were explosive on defense. I think this team's got potential to be explosive on offense, as we've seen. Um, but yeah, those would be. Let me see if I can. There's another team. I guess yeah. Then I guess you put the Vikings somewhere in that group. I just need to see them get a big win against a big team. Like for instance, they play the Commanders this Sunday. I believe at home. 
and the Commanders are just an ugly enough team to really make it tough on the Vikings. They've you know, won like so three in a row, the Commanders. Quietly, Sunday yeah, was a the, the, crazy win against the uh, yeah. the Colts. Yeah, that was. Uh, I was to say Heineke. At, yeah, so at, so they play at Washington. I always like so I that, always like Heineke more than I. I thought they should try to roll with him. I like him. <laughs> he's fun. Yeah, Heineke's he's. He can play a little bit. You can play a little bit. And, uh, you know, like I said, the team responds well to Heineke for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, who knows Who knows what will happen with Wentz. Wentz has got all the talent in the world, but can never, can never seem to hold on to the ball, whether it's a fumble, whether it's a pick. He's he's going to give it to the other team. But uh, Ooh, the, shit, man, get- uh, the Vikings, sorry, right before we get to those picks, but um, the Vikings play the Bills next week. That'll Ooh, be <laughs> That'll be – is we that will, at Buffalo? Yes. We will figure out who the Vikings are by December 11th. They play the Bills. They then play the Cowboys. They then play the Patriots. They then play the Jets. We will figure yeah. out exactly well, we'll who know, they are. We'll know a lot in that Buffalo game. At oh, Buffalo. For, for sure. It's just a 1 o'clock Buffalo, game. That's it. Two contenders, they'll either have one or two losses going into that game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, as long as they go in there compete, That'll tell us a lot. You and, know what I mean? And then you Unless, got a primetime Cowboys game at home. And then you got a primetime Thanksgiving game at home. Those ne- these next three weeks show you everything we need to know about the Vikings for the remainder of the season. It'll be interesting for sure. For sure. Are right, you ready for some picks? I am ready. All right. So we got tonight in about 45 minutes here. Eagles at the Texans. Eagles are a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Kyle, uh, Kyle needs, Kyle's got some stuff on this game. Yes. Yeah, I, you know, Eagles pull off a more than a six-point victory. That would be beneficial for my pockets for sure. Oh, 100%. But, uh, but I'm going to give, let's say, Eagles 31. I'm going to go 31-10, Eagles over the Texans. I've Actually, got, I'll go with 31. I'll give the Texans two scores, 31-14. I've got this game being a 28-3 to game. I don't see the Texans scoring, really. Um, I think that the Eagles will get a defensive touchdown, too. Random fun fact. Then we got the Colts and Sam Ellinger at the Pats. No Jonathan Taylor. No Jonathan Taylor. I didn't know that. No Jonathan Taylor, four and a half point favorite. The Pats are. That might I'm gonna be a, say that might be one you want to bet. I'm gonna say 27-14, Pats. Yeah, I think more of the same. I, I got, uh, I got a 24 to 10 game. Bill Bell with no Jonathan Taylor. I know Deion Jackson's looked pretty decent when he's been in to, for uh, subbing, but. Bill Belichick typically takes away the thing you do the best, which will be the run, and Sam Ellinger beat us. <laughs> yeah, Ellinger's second star, he's gonna be in hell. He's gonna <laughs> Sam especially in the sec especially in the second half, I see a lot of blitzes. I see a lot of Judon in the backfield. And I see a win for the Pats for sure. Yeah. Uh Bills at Jets. Bills are at eleven and a half point road favorite. Oh, geez. Uh, little shocking, it's eleven and a half. I disagree with that, especially since, I don't know, I just don't think Zach Wilson's good. I think the Jets are good. I don't think Zach Wilson's that good. He just said, here, take the ball a few times to the Patriots last week. 
And I see more of the same with the Bills. Let's say 31-15 Buffalo. So I don't disagree with you that he's going to give the ball. I was just kind of shocked that on the road it's 11.5. I figured it would be around like a a 9.5. But I think the Bills will cover anyways. I think it's going to be about like a 34-17 game. Next, we got Dolphins at the Bears. This is a weird one. Uh, Four-and-a-half-point favorite, the Dolphins are. Uh, I can absolutely see the Bears winning this game. I have no feel for this game whatsoever. So I'm going to say 24-23 Dolphins. I have Miami winning this game. I think it's going to be a little farther away than that. I have more of a 27-20 game. I think it'll be a pretty competitive game, but I just think the Dolphins have a little bit too much talent for them. Also, I wanted to not con- I want to say congratulations. You did go thirteen and two last week. You were killing it with your picks. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I mean, you did pretty well too. We had a lot. I went of the ten same and picks. I went ten and five. You went thirteen and two. The three games we had different. You were three and zero oh in those ones. Yeah, you're seventy six got- and forty seventy six forty seven and one right now. Almost thirty games above five hundred. We're gonna we're gonna narrow down. We'll talk after this about uh, a bet because it's halfway through the season and we never actually. I always forget that we even mentioned that. So yeah, we got to narrow that down. Uh, actual some, some sort of bet. something. But Packers at Lions. Packers are three and a half point favorite. If the Packers are ever gonna get some rhythm on offense, this is the game. Uh, I'm gonna say Packers twenty seven, Lions twenty two. 23, I'll say, actually. 27-23, pack. I've got Green Bay winning this one 30-20. I think they're, this is going to be one of those games where they actually have control over it for the full thing, and Aaron Jones is going to run crazy. I agree with you. Actually, give me 27-17, and I'll match you on the uh, on the 10-point game there. Okay, 27-17. to 17. Another game I could see going either way. We already kind of talked about it briefly. Vikings at Commanders. Uh, Commanders got owner drama still. Might sell the team, which is amazing for Commanders fans. KD might uh, buy some stock. Who did? KD might buy a portion of it. I Interesting. It was, I think it was like talked about, obviously, with him being from there. I can only imagine what the Commanders will sell for. Uh, Vikings are three-point favorite on the road at Commanders. Could see this going either way. I could see the commanders ugling it up. I could see Kirk Cousins and the Vikings stinking it up right on schedule as people are talking about him but not taking them seriously. Uh, we'll say we'll go similar vein as the Dolphins Bears game. I'll say 27 24. We'll go with the Vikings, so. I got 28-25 Vikings. I had wrote that, wrote, written that down before. I wrote that down before you had said it. But I've got 28-25 Vikings. I think it'll be close, but I'll do enough to win it. Another one. There are so many of these games where you give me an outcome and I believe it. Panthers, seven and a half point underdog at the Bengals told me either way this game goes i believe it another one uh pj walker had to throw the year on sunday oh against the falcon goodness and then oh TJ Moore took that was a 62 a yard dot 
Wasn't it? I thought it was like 70 yards in there. Was it 62? Uh, it was, it might have been, it was a 62 yard completion, but I think it might have been 70 like net yards in the air because obviously he was behind the line. So, like, unbelievable. Behind, bro. That was, that was the best throw of the season. Uh, <laughs> shitty pet. Shitty penalty call, but then <laughs> then the kicker misses the 48-yard extra point. Then he misses the gimme in overtime. The Falcons had no business winning that game. Uh, I do think the Panthers are better than their record. Uh, I could absolutely see them going into the Bengals, into Cincinnati, and winning this game, especially with that defense. Uh, man, I'm going to give... This might be the same score I gave as the Bengals, or sorry, as the Bears-Dolphins, but I'm going to go 24-23. Give me the Panthers. Ooh, you're going Carolina in the upset. Yeah, I do, I do not like how the Bengals looked. And uh, the Panthers can definitely put pressure on Joey B. So I see more of the same, especially without Jamar Chase. Yeah, I can see them making it ugly for the Bengals. I got this 27-22 Bengals. I think this might be the game Joe Mixon finally gets himself going a little bit. It's going to be – I I do think it will be a competitive game. Uh, I like the way Dante Foreman has been running for the Panthers as well. My guy out of Texas. Should have given him shots before, but my guy out of Texas, Dante Foreman, I love him. Love it. Here's another either-or game for you. L.A. Chargers, three-point favorite. At the Atlanta Falcons, so I, you know, I view this as a well-coached team in the Falcons at home, home underdog versus Chargers. I'm rolling with the Falcons here, uh, 27-24. This is one of those games that is tough because I think AJ, AJ Terrell is going to be on. I don't think Keenan Allen's playing. They don't have Mike Williams. I'm going to go 28-27 Chargers, and I think Eckler has to blow up if that's the case. I think he's gonna have he's gonna be pretty much their offense, but I 28-27 Chargers, and I'm not fully confident in it. Interesting. So we got Raiders at Jags next. Raiders are a one point, one and a half point favorite. I have zero feel about this game whatsoever. Yeah, this is another one where I'm like. Beats the fuck out of me. Who the hell wins this game? Uh, I don't like this Jags team at all. They turn the ball over a lot. Um, I can't say I don't. I don't dislike them, but they just—they're a typical young team. They turn the ball over a lot. They have talent. Uh, Etn very explosive in his first start. Oh, he's that. That wasn't say that James Robinson trades fine because they have. He was also in a con. I believe he's in a contract year this year too. So definitely moving forward, they have their guy in Etn. And then the Raiders, I picked them to win last week at the Saints. Thought it was a perfect opportunity for them to get everything going. They're coming off a good win. They're playing in a dome, and they don't even score a point. They didn't even get across midfield, I believe, until halfway through the fourth quarter. Devontae Adams had one catch, I believe, for three yards. Yeah, so it looks like they might not even – I mean, they could have capitalized last week and absolutely been on the playoff picture. Granted, we still have, what, ten weeks left this damn season. Nine weeks, but uh, sorry, they didn't cross midfield until three fifteen in the fourth. So the game was just about over, and they didn't <laughs> cross. Unbelievable! Oh um, my god, that's so terrible. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna for whatever reason roll the Raiders. 
I think they are the more talented team. Uh, it's in Jacksonville. I mean, 24-20 Raiders. That's not confident. I think the Raiders are more talented than the Jags. So I guess I've got to choose the Raiders. And it's going to be a I mean, you don't have to choose them. 23 to 22 game. I don't I don't have to, you're right, but I don't feel I don't want to choose the Jags. So I guess it's 23-22 Raiders in a game I have zero feel over. So the Jags will cover <laughs> that one and a half. Next this NFC West game. Uh, this could be explosive. This was a low-scoring game when they matched up a few weeks ago. The Seahawks are a two-point underdog to the Cardinals, which that I don't understand because I think the Cardinals are also DOA. Um, uh, they only, did get deep make, back. It makes only sense just because they're on the road and they have gotten a win recently. They've played a little bit better since DeAndre Hopkins is back, so kind of if it was in a neutral site, the Seahawks would be favored. That's the only thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've I just don't see any world where the Cardinals should be favored over the Seahawks. They have just had an ugly season, but they are. But I'm going to roll with the underdog here. Seahawks, let's go 20. I always go mid-20 somewhere. Let's say 28-24 Seahawks. I think I'm going to go Seattle, and I think it's going to be a 30-27 to game. Next, we got Rams at Tampa, three-point favorite for Tampa. I think Tampa finally gets the ball rolling here. I'm going to say 27-17, Bucks over Rams. I have this game, I'm going to have this game 28-18, to, 28 to 18, kind of pretty much the same score as you, but 28-18, to 18, Tampa. I don't, with, an, with a hobbled Cooper Cup, no run game, no real second option. I don't see how the Rams win this game unless Tampa's really that bad. Yeah, I agree. Like I just there's there's not a way I can picture the Rams winning this game unless Tampa is just bad. And if they if Tampa loses this game, then I just I don't know. Release Tom. Like I don't. I don't know. <laughs> they have to be. Really... They had the opportunity. They could have traded him for Zappy and Mac Jones. Yeah, but I know. He's he's still a buck for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, I know. But maybe but... he'll continue playing football, and we can just sign him as a free agent sometime. <laughs> but uh, possibly. We'll see. But Titans at Chiefs. Chiefs are a twelve and a half point favorite. Uh, could see this going either way. I could see a Chiefs blowout, or I could see a touchdown type of game but i don't see the titans winning for sure unless you know rabel just puts together uh picasso of the coaching performance which he's capable of he is absolutely one of the better coaches in the league uh, i'm gonna say the chiefs on a roll right now i'm gonna say 34 25 nah i don't even feel confident saying that i'll say 34 22 chiefs I've got the Chiefs winning this game. I've got the Chiefs winning this game 30-20. to 20. And then the Monday night game, Ravens at the Saints. Saints are a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home. Uh, Saints, one of the weirder teams to figure out, and they just put Michael Thomas back on IR again, so he'll miss another season. Um, see the Ravens winning this game. 
in the dome. We'll say uh, 28-20, Ravens. 28. I think Lamar, towards the second half against Tampa, started to get into a groove. So I think he'll be able to, hopefully he'll, for his sake, he'll be able to carry that on. I've got the Ravens winning this game 31-20. to all right, and that's it for picks this week. Uh, I've only got two different, so it'll be you have Carolina, I have Cincy, you have Atlanta, I have the Chargers. That's no fun at all, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we will we'll see, see how, how it goes. Because this is going to be – it'll either go status quo or it'll be a messy week, and I could certainly see it being a messy week, as you heard how I feel about these picks. But uh, Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's really all I got. For sports this week, we got 21 and Drake, the collab album, Her Loss, dropping tonight. Track list looks interesting. We got another time and location track from Drake on this, which I know you will be looking forward to for sure. Wait, you said, wait, say that again, sorry. That last part, we got another what? It's another time and location track from Drake. Oh, oh, uh oh. Do we have a tank? What's the title? I haven't seen the track list at all. 3 a.m. in Glenwood. Uh-oh. <laughs> we, 9 a.m. in Dallas, 4 a.m. in Calabasas, 5 a.m. in Toronto. When Drake has a time and a place, he normally goes off. <laughs> normally goes off. Yeah, 21 and Drake make great music. They do. I, um, I don't know what to expect from this album. I really don't. What do you feel about the new SZA single? Sure, I liked it. It liked it, and what? So you got? I said I thought it was great. Yeah, no, I really liked it. I'm hopeful that something's coming out soon, like a project soon. But I'm hopeful. Gotta be. It, I'm hoping before the end of the year. But definitely, I was gonna say with it, especially typically when you drop a video too with it, not just a single, but you drop the single with a video, you'll typically start to see hear rumblings at least of a project coming around the corner. So. Absolutely, yeah. Something's got to be coming. Yeah, it's got to be coming. It's been long enough. Like you said, they dropped an official single, even though she's been dropping Lucy singles prior these last few years. But yeah, uh, yeah I just want to end the show saying rest in peace, take off. Uh, terrible, terrible way to start the week. Uh, I got a lot of thoughts, feelings about the situation that I will touch on another time. I'm not going to get into it too much right now. Just a disappointing senseless start to the week and then you know the end of uh, a young man young i don't know i don't think he has a daughter but he's a brother son nephew all that so rest in peace take off only 28 years old too didn't even and now it's crazy didn't even get to see 30 like didn't literally even... every, every other month i mean we just lost pnb last month or the month before mm-hmm. one of the two but just lost pnb over nothing Takeoff was literally him and Quavo were pretty much minding their own business here, like trying to de escalate a situation. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Takeoff was basically just there and lost his life over nothing. Uh, another uh, one that that's some more battle rap is still in the rap community. People knew Pat Stay lost his life to a random stabbing. Yeah. Um, like a little bit before PNB, like I think a week or two before, just n- no reason, just a random stabbing in Canada. So just, it's been a lot of senseless, I mean, obviously, and there's, I have senseless acts like this every single day that we don't hear about, but just a lot of senseless acts from 
people in unfortunate situations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, to that, I would say everyone be safe out there because, yeah, that's how it is outside. You just never know when you leave your front door what could happen because, yeah, shit pops off seemingly everywhere over nothing. Uh, and, yeah, it's just uh, unfortunately a dangerous world to live in right now. So yep. everyone be safe. Everybody, uh, you know, watch your back, watch who you're around, all that. But uh, rest in peace, take off. Rest in peace. What's the battle rapper's name? Uh, Pat Say. Pat Say. Rest in peace, PNB. Everyone that uh, that left us, unfortunately, to uh, to senseless violence or other things, of course. But uh, yeah, no. Rest in peace, take off for sure. But uh, yeah, Akeem, Anything else? No, no. I don't have anything else. Yeah, definitely. I'm just uh, echoing your sentiments. Rest in peace, take off. Pat Stay, PNB Rock. Anyone else who's been caught up in some unfortunate situations like that for sure yeah just senseless shit mm-hmm. senseless shit like uh okay i don't want to dwell on it too much but i mean on the music side of things like the amigos were kind of broken up obviously all three of them their family quavos takeoff's uncle offset and takeoff with their cousins uh, and offset kind of went solo there was label issues there they had said they weren't on great terms whatever whatever but you know, as groups often do, they often reconnect down the road. And uh, Quavo and Takeoff just released a, a joint album, I think just two weeks ago, that I was literally, like, the day before, or, like, this weekend, was thinking, like, oh, I really want to check that out. Like, it's in my it's in my rotation, or it's in my, uh, it's in my library, but I haven't really listened to it. I kind of skimmed through it that first night, and, like, what I heard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we won't even get to see the fruition of that, of that duo over pretty much nothing. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll expand on my thoughts another time, but just a disappointing start to the week. Uh, really fuck with my mood this whole entire week. But, I mean, it seems like this is at least the fourth, fifth, or sixth time since we started this podcast where we came on and, and talked about Name a Rapper being gunned down over pretty much nothing mm-hmm. and uh it's just it's disappointing and it gets old and it doesn't look like it's gonna stop anytime soon which is truly unfortunate yes. but uh yes for sure but yeah everybody stay safe out there hug your loved ones all of that and uh on a lighter note keenan we will come in here talk about this drake in 21 and whatever i think there's there's definitely more music dropping tonight but uh not sure of any other truly noteworthy projects. Usually something sneaks out that isn't reported early on. Let me see if there's anything else here. I haven't heard of anything. One thing randomly, now that I'm thinking about it, I want to hear from Chance soon at some point. Like He's dropped random singles like here and there from since... Um, oh, I can't even think. What was, the last, what was his last album called? I can't even think of it right now. Was it the new day or whatever? The new day, yeah. Yeah, the big day. The big day. Yeah, but obviously we uh the 10-day mixtape was great. It was amazing. Acid Raps, a classic mixtape. You have Coloring Book, which technically is a mixtape because he likes to call things mixtapes. Classic. Then the big day had some okay songs on it, but overall was a letdown from what we wanted from Chance. And this he's been MIA since. Like he's had breaks between all of these but like 
it's about that time for him to drop soon. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about Chance or stand with Chance on his music currently. Uh, I couldn't even tell you the last thing I listened to as far as a Chance feature or this or that. He's got the ability. Mm-hmm. We know he's got the ability, but uh, Chance has been pretty hit or miss pretty much since Coloring Book, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah. yeah no, Who knows? He's, had he's, got- some, he's had some random song. Like he had a song, Child of God, that came out this year early on. He had a song, a bar about a, a little freestyle, like a bar about a bar. <coughs> Um, like just little, he's had like these little, like a song here, a song here, or like a small feature here, a small feature there, but nothing actually that's really came out for a while. So I'm hopeful that he can come out and drop something. Cause coloring book, um, the big day was 2019. Normally it goes like three years kind of between projects. So it's around the corner, hopefully. Yeah. And we got blue, formerly young blue. He's got an album dropping tonight. So that could be good. And your boy Lecrae is dropping an album. Love to see church clothes for, and then uh, oh, church clothes. Oh, it's one of his church clothes mixtapes. His last one was church clothes three. It was really good. And then uh, looks like Alicia Keys is dropping a Christmas album. If anybody Ooh. at all is interested, <laughs> your girl Almost Alicia music. Keys. <laughs> you love Alicia Keys. <laughs> Hold up, I might have uh her and her and John Lennon or none John Lennon. Heard and John Legend always at a uh, always at an award, always performing at some awards. This is breaking news as of three minutes ago. The Nets have suspended Kyrie for a minimum of five games. Oh, okay. Well, breaking news at the end of the pod. I love it. I love yeah. it. I mean, I will say I I saw. I saw the press conference over the weekend when he was arguing with uh, the reporter going back and forth. And all I could think of was, and by the way, let me also add, we had Myers Leonard a year ago, either a year ago or two years ago, drop an anti-Semitic slur, right? And he got suspended and he hasn't even touched the court since then. Uh, Kyrie doubled down. Again, he didn't say anything anti-Semitic, but he promoted a video that has anti-Semitic leanings in it, okay? And he clearly has not apologized for it. Mm-hmm. But that happened this weekend. It's now Thursday, so we're you know on the eve of the following weekend, and now he's just getting suspended. Uh, it's one of those situations, especially New York, who has a, a huge Jewish community, yes, of course. They're very diverse uh, there in New York. Yeah, obviously. Uh, You know, I was almost thinking to myself last weekend, like, I could see the Nets releasing him or something happening. You know what I mean? Because he was not backing down in the least. And as we've seen today, he didn't back down today. They suspend him. Doesn't seem like they're going to release him. There's a book to it, obviously, that I'm not. He said that he kind of has read because there's a book about that movie. And so, like, it's just. Yeah, Kyrie. (laughs) Kyrie, that's all you can say is Kyrie. Uh, and again, we were, we opened up this podcast with, hey, distractions are never good, and this seems to be an ongoing distraction, uh, a distraction that KD willingly linked himself to, you know? Uh, I mean, it's kind of funny to me. People shit on Westbrook left and right, like even still with this Lakers thing. People love shitting on Westbrook, 
people love shitting on Westbrook when it was KD and Westbrook and OKC. Oh, yeah. that's why they're not winning. You know, shit ain't really been sweet. I mean, the two best teammates he's had as far as number twos, or he was, you want to call him the number one in, uh, when he was in Golden State. But Steph and Westbrook were far more successful with KD than Kyrie has been. Kyrie's been nothing but a distraction. With Westbrook, I mean, they were per- they were in the playoffs every year. They made it to a finals. They made it to a Western Conference finals together. They were always Westbrook. This is KD and Westbrook, that is. Westbrook always had his back. Westbrook's been a great teammate his entire career. Westbrook's character is nothing to be questioned. He just has had a problem. It's hard for him to come off the bench for being a starter forever, and he doesn't fit the Lakers team. That's pretty much what's the problem with Westbrook. There's nothing else. It's everything's just basketball. He hasn't really done anything off. He hasn't done anything off the court or anything like that. And then obviously Steph, they went to four straight, uh, three straight. Sorry, with the, together they went to three straight. They won two, lost the third one. Then KD left, and then obviously he's with Kyrie. The first year he's not there. The second year Kyrie's pretty much not there in the playoffs because he gets injured. They barely get to the second round. Last year they don't even win a game against Boston. And there's been drama the entire time. Like, the entire, <laughs> like the out of the three, of the three, probably the three best, three of us, uh, probably three of the five best point guards of our generation. Like from like my, from my generation here, like after Steve Nash and things have been those three, Chris Paul and might be forgetting another one. But anyways, he's been, uh, KD's played with all of them. I'd Harden if you want to count him as a point guard, but KD's been with all of them. And this stint with Kyrie has been easily the worst by a wide margin. So, yeah, it's been it. a wild ride. And he chose it. Yeah, exactly. He chose to leave a dynasty for that. So, uh, yeah, interested to see how this all plays out. I'm sure we'll have some sort of answer for you by the next time yep. we reconnect. Keenan, great talking to you. We'll be talking over the weekend during these games, I'm sure. Uh, and definitely with this 21 and Drake album for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, yeah, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Warner Brothers Podcast. Kim, you have a good weekend. Everyone out there, be safe. Have a good weekend. We're out of here.